Level the Pursuit is a podcast for people ready to make the most of every opportunity. In the race to success, we're not all starting from the same place. Level the Pursuit seeks to fill in the gaps and provide accessible, bite-sized leadership lessons for anyone looking to improve their skills and prepare for the next step, whatever that might be. What's up, my friends? Are you feeling centered and focused from your mindfulness over the last week? If you didn't get a chance, try today. Have a mindful minute, take a meal, Take some time to focus and be completely present in the moment. Start creating the habit now, and you'll be surprised at how good you feel. Today we're going to talk about learning from negative interactions. We've discussed receiving feedback, but this is a bit broader than that. What if the person really doesn't have your best interests at heart? What if they might, but they're a hypocrite or maybe just a bad person that you don't respect? What if it's not feedback at all, but it's just any negative interaction with somebody? How can you turn these negative experiences into positive learning opportunities to keep you moving forward? Today, we'll go over some ways to get the most from your interactions. Over the next week, spend some time thinking about a recent negative experience, or maybe two. Is there a lesson in there that you missed? There's still time to learn and grow if you're willing to open your mind. Okay, so what am I talking about here? How is this different from negative feedback, and why does it matter? Well, in a nutshell, I believe that life keeps teaching you lessons until you learn them. And they may start out kind of subtle, but they keep getting more painful until you actually get the message. Many times, though, people don't learn the lesson because it wasn't presented in a way that they could internalize, or maybe it's presented by people who, for whatever reason, they don't feel like have a legitimate reason to criticize them. When that happens, it's really easy to blow off the message by focusing on the people and why they are wrong instead of why the message is right. I want to take that apart a little bit today so that when life teaches you lessons, you get them the first time. Obviously, you can take today's whole lesson and say, know yourself, be objective, separate fact from emotion, and internalize useful information to grow as a person, and we'd be done. But I think that Number one, it's not that easy to do for most of us because life and our emotions are just not that simple. But also, number two, how you dissect each situation to get the most out of it is a little different. So we'll break it down to make it a little bit more actionable. So let's start with learning from hypocrites. What is a hypocrite? A hypocrite is someone who pretends to have beliefs or virtues that they don't actually have. So many times in our lives, we're told to do something or not do something by someone who exhibits the exact same behaviors or acts in a way that undermines the message completely. Very often, this is someone who cares about us or has a role of guidance in our lives, like at home, a teacher, a supervisor at work. So it can be really hard to learn these lessons because we're thinking, well, you do it, so what's the problem and why should I change? For many people, this starts in childhood. Maybe it's a parent who tells you not to smoke or drink while holding a beer and a cigarette. Or maybe it's an uncle who tells you you have to go to college when they didn't even finish high school. These lessons feel frustrating and unfair when you're young because you're not at a point to understand that these people who love you, they're not being hypocrites as much as trying to help you learn from their mistakes. They recognize the impact of their decisions and they want a better life or a better experience for you. If you have people like this in your life, even when it doesn't feel like love, that's usually where it's coming from. They may not be hypocrites in that they actually do value health or education. They just don't value themselves enough to apply those same high standards. Or maybe they believe it's too late for them to change their lives. Now, you and I both know it's never too late to make a change, but the drive to be better has to come from within. 
These people do want the best for you. So it's good to take a look at that advice. If you're not sure if it's sound, talk to friends, look it up, or get guidance from other people in your life that you do trust. What about with your friends? What if one of your, one of your friends that you party with every weekend takes you aside to tell you they're afraid you have a drinking problem? You think, what? I'm not an alcoholic, are you kidding? Hey man, if I do, so do you. We're going drink for drink every weekend. But the thing is, personality traits, behaviors, problems, they often aren't binary, meaning it's not all or nothing. There are tons of people who can exhibit negative behaviors and then stop. Our personalities, body chemistry, even our DNA, they all go into how we act and into traits like addiction. There's no comparison between you and anyone else when it comes to something like that. So even if someone is right there with you in a behavior, if they express concern to you, take it seriously. This person noticed something and cared enough about you to talk to you. So something you did raised a concern. It's worthwhile to step back and examine your behavior to make sure there's not something else going on. You know, it may not be the problem that they saw at all, but that doesn't mean that there's not a problem. Say you step back and look at your behavior and realize you really have been hitting it harder than usual. You realize it's not an addiction, but maybe you're having a hard time coping with stress in your life. So you've been trying to find ways to escape those feelings. If you shut down because your drinking friend said you drank too much, or maybe gave it a quick thought, realized you weren't an alcoholic, and so just put it all behind you, you'd miss the opportunity to deal with the real problem and learn some coping strategies before something in your life gets really out of hand. What about at work? What if your boss, who's kind of a jerk and known for cutting people off and dominating meetings, tells you you need to work on not interrupting your coworkers? You think, really? When you're in the room, people can barely finish a thought. But you need to also think about your behavior. Do you interrupt coworkers? Do you talk over people in meetings? Your boss is in a position to know what's expected of you, and he or she has the perspective and opportunity to watch you in action, and honestly has a direct hand in evaluating your performance. So regardless of your feelings, it's a good call to listen and try to incorporate the feedback. Also, have you ever heard the phrase, it takes one to know one? Maybe your boss knows they have issues with this and is super sensitive to it. Maybe they see potential in you and they want you to be able to fix it before you get to their position when it's really, really hard. When I mentor people, I will often point out traits that we share that have been factors in negative interactions that I've had. I have a pretty strong personality and I've been told to tone it down or change who I am so many freaking times. But honestly, in most of the ways that matter, I'm the same person. So I'd never tell someone to change who they are. But I do share how some of those behaviors have affected me and the good and bad reactions that I had, as well as strategies for navigating different situations so that the people that come after me have at least more tools than I did to get through it. The thing about hypocrisy is that it's based on people being dishonest about what they believe. But at the end of the day, you don't actually know what's going on in someone's head. And although they may show it to you in strange and mysterious ways, in many cases, these people really do want the best for you. So quit worrying about what they do and focus on the concern that they have for you and your own desire to be a better person. But what about people that don't actually care about you? Maybe they care about themselves, their image, or priorities that don't include your success. In these instances, there may still be a relationship that you have to maintain because of your job or personal circumstances. Sometimes you're in a position to try to learn from bad people and bad situations. 
This is probably the hardest position to be in because you can be emotionally walled off from the lesson and feel trapped and resentful because you're forced to continue the relationship. I had a job where I was in this position. I was super busy, doing a great job and in the process of taking over a leadership position, so my boss gave me more and more and more work. Eventually, I was stretched so thin and working so much trying to maintain these super high standards that I pretty much broke. I wasn't as nice as I could have been, and people felt like I had unrealistic expectations for how they should do their jobs. There was a person on the team that really had a problem with me, so they went to my boss, and my boss basically hammered me. There was no consideration of all the extra work I was doing, all of the requirements I was managing, and all of the pressure of keeping up with all of that and still being a safe and productive surgeon. Most of the criticism amounted to attacks on my personality and the fact that this person didn't want to be led by a woman. And my boss's reaction was based more on a feeling that I betrayed the confidence they'd shown in me with all the responsibility they'd given than in actually looking at the facts. Sounds unfair, right? It was, I mean, it, honestly, it was. There were a ton of factors that were ignored and the vast majority of the complaint would not have happened if I was a male surgeon. But I had to get over it, get past it, and stay with the same boss and the same team. Like I didn't feel as though I'd just been run over by a bus. It was really, really hard. But here's the thing, I was also wrong. I did screw up. I contributed to the situation and I had to learn from it. So I think these moments take the most strength and the most time to get something productive out of the situation. For me, the first step is getting past the hurt and the frustration. And this doesn't happen all at once. There will be lots of moments that you feel all of this pain all over again. So you have to give yourself grace. Next, you have to realize that no matter how unfair or biased the situation is, there was something they were able to latch onto. Now, this is a matter of perception. It may be complete bunk, but it's still the reality of the industry or the situation you're in. So you have to understand that whether you agree or not, it is an issue and you need to be aware of whatever that is. Then you have to decide if you wanna change that factor of behavior because you may not. Again, if bias or unfairness is a factor, you may not want to change a damn thing. But make it a choice after you've weighed the pros and cons. For me, the fact that my gender was an issue was super freaking frustrating, but it was also a fact. I had to recognize that some of my words, tones, facial expression, all of it are taken differently. I had to decide which ones to change and which ones were non-negotiable. For me, my gender was not changing, so I decided that some of my behavior had to. Over time, I was able to establish my credibility and rapport with the team, but I had to acknowledge that the techniques I used to do it often had to be different than another surgeon might use. The following step is the most important in my opinion. Besides the factor that they want you to change, look at the situation and see what you believe you could do better. Almost always there's something we can improve. How we relate, how we react, the speed of our response, our facial expressions, our follow-up. Even if you choose not to make the change that's imposed on you, see if there's a place that you can give yourself a chance to grow. So I knew it was unfair. I knew the circumstances were stacked, but I had to step back. There were times I was actually a jerk, a tired, overworked, well-meaning jerk, but a jerk nonetheless. It honestly took me a really long time to own that. Even if you take away all the other factors, I still screwed up. And I wanted to be better, so I worked on fixing it. And all the times I wasn't a jerk, I realized there were still ways I could have phrased my feedback better or prepped the situation better, 
or just established a rapport in our downtime so the whole relationship was stronger. Next, you have to forgive. This goes for them and you. Now, we've already said that they don't care about you, so why should you forgive them? Well, like Buddha said, holding a grudge is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. You have to be able to get past it for your own well-being. And if the situation is bunk, what do you need to forgive yourself for? Well, very often, having a strong negative reaction leads to some inward focus of some of those feelings. You may feel guilty for your actions or for failing. We're human and perfection is neither reasonable nor attainable. So you have to forgive yourself for falling short. Finally, you have to hold your head up like a freaking boss. And there are a lot of reasons for this. First, you're a leader. Leaders make mistakes, but they keep moving forward. Second, many of the people in the situation are not actually part of the issue, but may have some knowledge. If you keep your head up and act like a professional, you still instill confidence in your performance and your competence. Third, some of these people may actually be rooting for you, but even if they're not, you still have to work for them and work with them. So having a positive attitude will make you easier to work with and make it easier to put the whole thing behind you. Finally, winning is the best revenge. If there are people that truly want to see you fail, being happy, resilient, and successful will drive them crazy. Now that might be a little bit petty, but we're human, so we do the best we can. But what if you don't have a relationship that you need to preserve? What if your negative interaction is with a complete stranger? Well, in these cases, you may or may not choose to learn the lesson. On the one hand, there's no one to hold you to it. But on the other, it's kind of a freebie. So if you're not perfect the first time, you get a buy. I think it's great to learn from these times though because they're really useful for focusing just on yourself. You don't have to worry about how the other one feels. So you can put all of your energy into thinking about how you behaved in the situation. Say you call your internet provider and end up arguing with the representative. Maybe you were in a bad mood when the call started after sitting in the phone tree for 45 minutes and you took it out on them. Or maybe you were in a great mood, but they were a little froggy to start off with and you responded and the call devolved from there. Well, why did that happen? You need to take some time to think about it. Is it really just the call? Or are there other issues that are causing you stress or ruining your mood? In general, happy people behave in a positive way. So if the other person is negative, give them some grace. Maybe there are things going on in their life that make it hard to be positive. Practice some gratitude for your own blessings and then share your positivity with them, even if you think they don't deserve it. None of us deserve grace, so we really shouldn't withhold it from others. And if you're the one bringing in the negativity, take stock. Is there something positive you can focus on? And is venting your frustrations on this person actually going to make things better, even if they're the one that caused you the problem? Is it going to help you to be ugly to them? Letting this interaction help you improve your relationships in general and take stock of your emotions personally can actually help you when you want to engage with someone you do care about. So you might be thinking, why do I have to do all the learning? Well, honestly, you don't. It can be painful and sometimes require a lot of work and a lot of grace to see a lesson in some of these experiences. There will be times you just may not have the desire or the energy to do it and you don't have to. But I will tell you, if it's a problem, the lessons will keep returning. And as you rise socially or professionally, they can become more painful and more public. 
If you look at the news, you can see examples of this all the time. When we see leaders removed for creating toxic environments, or even the current fury around Ellen DeGeneres, you have to know that the moment that finally explodes is not the first time. There are lots of smaller incidents that slowly escalate until a point is reached that people just can't go on. The thing is though, escalation isn't linear. By that I mean, there's not a consistent jump in the seriousness or the drama of each incident. It might be just lots of seemingly inconsequential things. So you have to be paying attention. This is really hard because when you have a strong personality or you're in a position of power, people may not bring those small things to your attention. They may be afraid to give you negative feedback or they may blow it off because it's really not that big of a deal. But if you have enough of those small things, they can turn into a really big thing before you know it. So if you have a big personality, own that. There's nothing wrong with having a loud laugh and strong traits, being a powerful speaker or the life of the party. But you also have to own that and learn to both monitor your effects on other people and cultivate a team of people that you trust who will tell you the truth before the choice to make a change is taken out of your hands. Life is unscripted and messy. Lessons won't always come neatly packaged when you're ready and willing to be taught. And life will keep throwing messages at you till you decide to hear them. It would be great if we always got perfectly crafted, constructive feedback so we could be mentored into magnificent success. But honestly, life offers way more lessons that feel like beatdowns and frustrations. How you choose to use these experiences is totally up to you. But if you can find positive, useful interactions in even a fraction of these negative moments, you'll be way ahead of most of the people that you encounter. This week, sit down and think about one or two really negative experiences you've had. A bad boss, an experience with discrimination, a fight with someone you love. Even if you were right, is there some value you can find in the other person's point? Can you see their perspective? You don't have to agree, but can you try to understand? Next, even if there's not, and they are 100% completely and totally wrong, is there still something that you could have managed better? Maybe it was a phrase, some body language. Maybe it's avoiding the situation completely. Is there a technique that you could try next time that you're in the situation that might make it better? Now, forgive yourself and the person who hurt or offended you. I know this one might take a minute, but start the process. Finally, hold your head up and go out and crush it. You are a leader and you are a badass. You can do this and your success is up to you. That's been our discussion of learning from negative interactions on Level the Pursuit. Thanks for joining, and I look forward to your comments. If the strategy for growing from all of life's lessons made sense to you, please give it a like or subscribe. If this doesn't work, or if you think it's complete bunk, send me some ideas, drop a comment with your thoughts. Next time, we're gonna talk about belonging and connection. Feeling accepted and understood are key components to building morale and an effective organization. We'll talk about how those concepts feel and discuss some ways that as leaders, we can instill them in our own organizations and in the teams that we lead. Don't forget to take some time this week to think about some recent negative interactions. If there's a lesson in there somewhere, maybe it's time that you started learning it. Then go over to www.levelthepursuit.com and share your experiences. I can't wait to learn from your thoughts. Thanks again for joining Level the Pursuit. While we can't choose where we start, we can choose our dreams and how we pursue them. 
Remember, success is a team sport and there's room for all of us to achieve our goals. So be a good leader, be a good follower, and do something great.